Psalm 34 by David when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. I will bless Yahweh at all times. His praise will always be in my mouth. My soul will boast in Yahweh. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify Yahweh with me. Let's exalt his name together. I sought Yahweh and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces shall never be covered with shame. The poor man cried and Yahweh heard him and saved him from all his troubles. Yahweh's angel encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that Yahweh is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear Yahweh, you his saints, for there is no lack with those who fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek Yahweh shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of Yahweh. Who is someone who desires life and loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Yahweh's eyes are toward the righteous. His ears listen to their cry. Yahweh's face is against those who do evil, to cut off their memory from the earth. The righteous cry and Yahweh hears and delivers them from all their troubles. Yahweh is near to those who have a broken heart and saves those who have a crushed spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but Yahweh delivers him out of them all. He protects all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall kill the wicked. Those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. Yahweh redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who take refuge in him shall be condemned. All right. This is an interesting psalm because it's, um, it's set at a time where David pretended to be mad. <laughs> if you remember, um, you remember uh, when we were going through the book of 2 Samuel, was it 1 Samuel? It's 1 Samuel. And um, David had to flee for, from his life from Saul. And in the middle of the night, you know, David sends... Um, men to get him and basically the, the the ninjas were coming in through the back window you know Saul's henchmen and David was going out the front window kind of like that you know they were coming in one side and he was escaping out the other and he had to flee for his life in the middle of the night didn't have a thing you know didn't have food or provisions or even a weapon he was just gone so he goes to the to the tabernacle and he gets food and he gets the sword of Goliath and then he goes to Gath now, Gath is the city of Goliath. I did conjecture that he took the weapon of Goliath as a kind of a peace offering because he knew that if he could get out of Israel into a neighboring country, he'd be safe. Saul wouldn't chase him there. So he goes down to the land of the Philistines, but then when he's there, he pretends to be insane. And uh, it seems like a wise thing to do. And that's when he writes this psalm. Now, in... In the, in the book of 1 Samuel, when we were going through that, the king of Gath, the king of the Philistines, was called Achish. At the start of this Psalm 34, it says, when, by David, when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away. So this, 1 Samuel says Achish. Psalm 34 says Abimelech. Did he pretend to be insane twice? <laughs> 
what's going on. Some people have said, uh, some commentators have said, oh, Abimelech's just a mistake. It wasn't Abimelech, it was Akish. So, um, you know me, I like to figure out all these little difficulties. It turns out that Abimelech is like a title for a Philistine king. So, you know, in the Roman Empire, there were Caesars, uh, you know, but each Caesar actually had a name. So there was Caesar Augustus, you know, Caesar Tiberius. When Paul said in the book of Acts, I appeal to Caesar, he was appealing to Caesar, but that Ciro was Emperor Nero. So that's the Caesar he was appealing to. So in, and this is the same thing with, um, you know, Egypt. You got Pharaoh, you know, all these stories in the Bible about Pharaoh, but Pharaoh has names and there are different Pharaohs at different times. And we don't always know from the Bible which ones they are. Sometimes we figure that out from archaeology. But so it's the same thing. You've got all the Philistine kings were called Abimelech. All the Roman emperors were called Caesar. All the Egyptian kings were called Pharaoh. All the Aramean kings were called... Um, what was the name of the Aramean kings? Uh, anyway, they had a name as well and I it's escaped me. So when David went to Achish, king of Gath, he also went to Abimelech, same person. That's the answer to that. He said in verse 2, My soul shall boast in Yahweh, the humble shall hear of it and be glad. And I'd like to say that when I think of the story of David's deliverance and his trusting in the Lord, I am glad. Can you imagine if David wasn't delivered? What would the world be missing if David didn't survive his ordeal? If David was killed by Saul, or worse, the Philistines killed him. Now, we're not saying that pretending to be mad was the right thing to do, <laughs> um, but we're just saying that he survived, and he, he, he put his trust completely in God, and he's praising the Lord and boasting in the Lord, and the humble will hear of it and be glad, and we are glad. If David had been killed... We would not have this psalm. We would not have, presumably, the majority or all of the psalms wouldn't exist. David wouldn't have done up the plans for the temple. We wouldn't have the promise of the coming Messiah given to David. We would be missing a huge big chunk of the, um, the Old Testament. In fact, the entire of salvation history would just not be the same. And, of course, Jesus was born from the line of David. So once you hear these stories, you think, oh, it's just a story of some guy being saved. No, the Lord works through all things to bring out his great, grand and glorious purposes. So every deliverance is marvelous because God has plans to bring through it, including through your life too. He said in verse four, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Now that is something. Whatever fears you're facing, you can seek the Lord and be delivered from them. Now, sometimes you get delivered from them by facing them, which is what David did. He, had to, he went to Gath and faced his fears. Verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. This psalm, I have to say, is a genuine psalm of praise. You know how all the psalms are songs, but some of them don't seem very worshipful. <laughs> uh, but this psalm is definitely a worshipful psalm. It's like almost like a testimony. You know, sometimes when you're at um, church, uh, we, have, we have not so much recently for us, but when we were younger, we used to have these testimony times in church. You know, someone would come out the front and they would say, uh, share what the Lord had done for them. And they would say, well, I used to be a drug addicted uh, criminal and I did A, B, C, D, E, and I went to jail and I did this. And they spend 
nine or 10 minutes talking about how terrible they were, and they finish off by saying, but the Lord is so wonderful, he delivered me from it all, and that's it. So they spend all the time talking about themselves and how bad they were, and no time talking about the Lord. But here, <laughs> David sharing a testimony, and he doesn't talk about himself. We only know that this is a story about how he pretended to be mad because of the title. You don't get any of that in here. The whole entire thing is a psalm of praise. It's all about, you know, he may have, David may have done some funny things, but it's all about what the Lord did. And so next time you're giving a testimony in church, give all the glory to God. It's the best way of handling it. So finally, in verse 18, he said, Yahweh is near to those who have a broken heart. Now, you know, sometimes you hear, a, you know, you watch a movie or you, you hear a story of a, a man and a woman and they're in love, and it, but it all goes pear-shaped and they split up and, and the woman might go away and she, she would say, I've got a broken heart. Uh, that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> The broken heart that this verse talks about, that the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, it's talking about a humble heart. Someone who knows I can't depend on myself. I'm no good, but I can trust in the Lord. So that's a soft heart, a contrite and a humble heart. That type of person, the Lord is near to them. So Peter, you know, the apostle, he denied the Lord three times. And and then afterwards, the Lord restored him, and then he had a broken heart. He knew he needed the Lord. He knew he couldn't serve the Lord on his own. He knew he wanted to. He didn't want to deny the Lord, but he did. So Peter came to the place of having this humble heart. Now his terrible experiences brought him there, but the Lord was in it. But when a person is in that place, the Lord is near to them. So if you don't have a humble heart, if your heart is proud and arrogant and you think you're a great Christian and think you're going to do a good job, it may be that the Lord's not so close to you. But when you say, Lord, I need you, I'm so weak, Lord, be my strength, you'll find that what the scriptures say, humble yourself, draw near to the Lord, and he will draw near to you. Father, I want to thank you for Psalm 34. Thank you for David's crazy episode, but most of all, thank you that you delivered him and you deliver us too. In Jesus' name, amen.